I feel as though I need to preface this episode with just a warning. Um, These are spooky, scary ghost stories, and I definitely got the heebie-jeebies while reading them and while talking about them, so just a warning. Don't watch this late at night. Don't watch it alone or listen to it. Sorry, listen to it alone. Um, I have chills still. Sorry, this is me from the future. Hi. Um, I already recorded the podcast, um, but yeah, um, I don't know if it's going to hit you guys the same way it hit me, but dang, I am a little spooked right now, Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It is a little different. It is not the new norm. Um, Next week, we'll be all back in the sex and cootie. Don't worry, Um, but yes, I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of What It Takes to Be a Woman. My name is Madison, and on this podcast, we talk about sex, relationships, women's health, and so much more. Today, we are going very completely different. Um, During this quarantine time, I have been obsessively watching creepy, paranormal, haunted things. And I recently, as in yesterday, watched a video um, by Loie Lane where she talked or read stories um, from some nurses and their creepy experiences in hospitals. Um, It just so happens that I have been working in hospitals since I got out of high school. So we are going to get right into that. Um, These are some scary stories. Some of them are mine. Uh, Some of them are um, other people's that I also worked with. And some of them are from um, a website, which I will. Let me see really quick. The Occult Museum. Um, That's where I found these, some of these stories, which I definitely relate to. And I I can give my, you know, two cents on them, I guess, or how I feel about them. So we are going to be talking about spooky, scary hospital stories and experiences today. Um, Some mine, some from other people, and some from people I've never met before. So I hope you guys enjoy. This is completely new and different. Um, I don't think that this is going to be a trend where I talk about, um, sorry, where I talk about spooky, scary stuff. I've just been in the mood for it lately. So I decided I would talk about it on here. Um, again, I hope you guys are doing well during this quarantine time. Um, I am still working. I'm very grateful that I am still able to work. Um, I am working only two days a week, so I have a lot of free time. Um, I... I'm going to school as well, but I have been bored. <laughs> so anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoy this. Let me know what you think. Um, and let's get right into our first scary story. Our first story is a story from the Occult Museum. Um, it's called The Rocking Mary. So um, I will read it and then I will talk about it a little bit. Okay. The story of The Rocking Mary. We closed room 12 in our MICU because just about every patient that has been there since Mary died complains of seeing a woman wearing a wearing a white habit rocking back and forth by their bedside. Apparently, this nun never makes eye contact, just stares outside the window, which happens to be on the patient's left side over their head. This window overlooks the hospital cemetery where nuns that have died were buried. Mary was a nun that died of a car accident outside the hospital back in the 50s. She was only 30 years old, and all the patients described her as a young woman. Woman, sorry. We all thought that it was just sundown syndrome. 
Anyway, since then, room 12 became our storage room where no one goes in by themselves unless it is absolutely critical. Um, I have heard a lot of stories of people seeing nuns or nurses or people in general who are buried um, in a cemetery outside the hospital. Um, I don't know how it is with um, uh, other hospitals. Um, I know that the one I'm currently working at uh, doesn't have a cemetery outside that I know of, but the one that I used to did. And I've heard lots of stories about that from, uh, nurses or patients who always like see things out there, um, or patients, you know, being freaked out by stuff out there. So yeah, um, I think that is really interesting. I do really, um, love this story and I think it is really compelling because they closed the room down. Um, and there's another story, um, where they closed a room down for kind of the same instant, but I think it was more uh, intense than that. Um, But they closed the room down completely and actually destroyed the room, like broke the wall down and turned it into a separate entrance because too much activity was happening there, which I find extremely interesting. And um, yes, just to preface, um, I definitely obviously do believe in paranormal and spiritual realm. Um, And I think that um, hospitals in particular would have them because obviously lots of deaths happen in the hospitals. Um, and like I said as well, some hospitals do have cemeteries outside. Um, so sorry, pardon me. Um, yeah, I think that it is great, great grounds for spiritual activity, but let's tell a story that happened to me. Alrighty. So I used to be a patient transport. That was my first job in the hospital. And I had a lot of experiences with patients and I I will tell them to the best of my ability without breaking HIPAA. Um, so this particular patient, um, I had gone to move her um, from point A to point B. She was in a stretcher and I went in and you check the patient's name, their ID band, and you take, you know, you make sure that everything is collected and ready to go. Um, and I go into a room and nobody's in there. Um, the nurses aren't even at the nurse station. They were like at a different one, uh, further away. And I asked her, I was like, Oh, what was that? I, Cause I, I thought she was talking to me or I don't know. And she was like, Oh, sorry. Um, my husband was just wondering, uh, who you were and if he could, um, like stand behind me while you move the bed or like stand near me. She said something along those lines. And she like gestured to the head of the bed um, and there was nobody there. And I just said, uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. You know, that's fine. And um, I was, you know, getting ready to go and I'm like, okay, we're going, you know, cause um, the stretchers make a loud sound when you unlock them. So I was just warning her and she's like, hold on. And she like looks over in the doorway and she's like, sorry, my grandkids are playing. And she told them like, you guys need to stop playing and come here. Um, later to find out, you know, she was kind of doing that in the elevator where she was talking to her husband or her grandchildren. And I had asked a nurse about it. I was like, uh, Hey, this is what's happening. I just didn't know. And she said that, yeah, that, um, they've heard it, you know, before and that she, her husband passed, um, a couple years ago and that her daughter had two miscarriages. Um, and it was just so, I don't know, spooky and just like, eh, you know what I mean? Because she's seeing these things that are so close to me. I can't see them. You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah. And I've actually heard very, very similar experiences um, from coworkers of mine who have also um, had, yeah, basically the, the same experience, obviously different people um, with, yeah, a grandma and her grandkids or her husband. I've heard that a lot um, around the hospital. Alrighty, so the next one, um, I just want to uh, start the video by explaining one thing because I remember in Loie Lane's video that some people in her comments and even her didn't understand what some of the things meant that um, were being described, I guess. So um, floated, if a nurse is floated, that means that they are moved to a different department, unit, um, hospital um, than their usual one. So usually as a nurse, usually you are set to a unit like in the ER or the rehab unit or somewhere like that. And if you get floated, you're moving from the ER to the rehab unit or whatever. So that's what that means. Anyway, this one is on nursebuff.com. It's called On the Other Side of the Curtain. D was a newly floated nurse to the ER of an old hospital. It was usually very busy, but that particular night, things were going smoothly and the patients were quiet. Dee was checking on one sleeping patient when she felt the hair's nape stand, stand on the back of her neck. She could feel a person standing right behind her on the other side of the curtain. Looking swiftly, there was nobody there, and she chalked it up to her imagination. After a few minutes in a different bed, it happened again. A strange paralysis came over Dee, and her hackles rose. She again felt a strong presence standing behind her, although she could see a silhouette in the curtain inches from her. She could not see the other person's shoes. She suddenly heard an echoing high-pitched giggle, after which the shadow disappeared and she could breathe normally again. Later, the other nurses shared how they also felt brief instances when they could feel somebody watching them, but never as strong as Dee had felt it. Ooh, ooh, that one gives me the chills. Um, Yes, I have heard lots of experiences like this also happening um, at the hospital, even the one that I worked at. Um, where you feel like someone is just staring at you, you see shadows, you hear laughter or talking, and it's not there. You're completely alone, um, and it's super freaky. I literally have the chill that's freaking me out so much. Um, yes, um, I do want to talk and get into some stories um, because there's a lot of them of what happens or what you know some creepy stories that have happened in the morgue. So, um, the morgue obviously is where the um, deceased bodies go um, until they're transferred to a funeral home or whatever it may be. Um, Yes. Or transferred. Yeah. Wherever. Um, So yes, there's lots of spooky things that happen down there. And um, as a transport and fellow coworkers of mine, we've had some strange experiences down there. So I am going to be chatting about that next. So first I'm going to tell one of my morgue stories. Um, the first one that happened to me is super creepy. Um, yes. So we would go down to the morgue. Obviously we, uh, we would transport the hospital I used to work at would be the ones who would transport the body from the room down to the morgue. Um, so it was kind of a complicated process, especially with the new morgue cart. We got to transfer the body, um, actually down to the morgue. It was just a little complicated, especially when you got down there. Um, and usually you weren't supposed to be down there alone and heck no, I did not go down there alone ever again. Um, so sorry, 
we had, um, I was on a run with another person, um, and I was just told to go get the morgue cart by myself. So the morgue cart is a cart that we used to, um, transfer the body from the bed onto the morgue cart and then into, um, the cooler. So I went down to get the morgue cart, um, and you have to put, uh, the sheet or top cover. I don't know what it's called over it. Um, to bring it up. And I had gone down there to get that already. And there was two more cards, um, down there and they're both always locked because, um, that floor is kind of ratchety. And so they're both always kept locked or else they would move. And these were brand new more cards. We had just gotten them and I locked both. Um, and I had turned, uh, to, I again, I think I was putting the sheet on or something and I hear this huge crashing sound and I look over and the second morgue cart, the one I wasn't using had rolled all the way across the morgue floor, um, and hit one of the shelves on the other side. Um, what's so creepy about this is one, the brake was on, um, two, even if the brake wasn't on, uh, the floor, where it had crossed over goes, it dips down into a drain and then it goes back up. So this cart had gone down and it's not a huge incline, but it had gone down and then back up and crashed into the shelf. So it was super creepy. I have never gone into the morgue again alone. Um, it was horrifying. Um, and I remember like, I was like, peace out. I didn't even grab the morgue cart and I just decided to wait until my partner got there and she got there and she's like, what happened? And I said, uh, heck no, I'm not doing that again alone. And I told her what happened and it still gives me chills just thinking that it freaks me out. So I don't know what was going on. I don't know what that is. I it was not just a coincidence. It wasn't just an accident. The brake was definitely on. I remember checking both of them. Um, and even if it wasn't, it was a uphill climb to crash into the shelf. So heck no. This is another story that happened to me. And I don't know if this, uh, I'm going to tell it and then I'll talk about it a little bit. It's another morgue story, um, slightly. So as patient transports, we move literally hundreds of patients a day. Um, and in a week, uh, oh my gosh, a ton, <laughs> um, every patient in the hospital gets moved, you know, like at least one time at least. And that's a lot of patients to be moved. Um, and during the shift that I was on, I think there's probably about maybe five or six transports on at a time. Um, anyway, it was very rare that someone that we had moved in the past, we would also move to the morgue. So, um, yes, it did happen, especially if it was somebody who, um, had been in the hospital for a long time that had moved around a lot. Um, yes, that does happen and it's more common, but oh my goodness, sorry, <laughs> but it, um, typically doesn't happen. We usually don't even move the same patient twice. It's just one of those rare occurrences, but especially moving them down to the morgue, um, rarely, rarely happens. So anyway, um, like this experience is probably the only time I've moved someone that I knew down to the morgue. Anyway, I was training a new person and, um, we had moved a patient. Um, and after he was, uh, older, I think probably like in his eighties, maybe pardon me, sorry. Um, and I remember leaving the room and my trainee had asked me like, 
because this guy was super sweet. Like this old guy that we had moved was super sweet. And he'd asked me, he's like, isn't it really hard when they pass away? And I told him, I was like, you just kind of had to separate yourself from that, you know, and um, just do your job, unfortunately. And yeah, it can be hard, um, but it's part of life. And I can't remember if it was a week after. I don't think it was. I think it was maybe like a few days after um, I was still training the same person. We had gotten a morgue run with this patient that we had moved just a few days prior. They'd asked me what happens when they pass away. Um, and it really freaked me out because I had never um, moved somebody. Like I said, this was the first time that I'd moved somebody that I um, that was a patient. Um, down to the morgue. Uh, so me and this guy, um, take him down to the morgue. And I was telling him, I was like, this is super strange because I've never taken somebody that I've moved before down to the morgue. And he was like, yeah, that's really weird. And we get down there and he was looking at the tags of other people who had just been brought down or who had been brought down, um, that day, or, you know, they were in the cooler. Um, and he had moved, I think all of them that had, um, been in the cooler and that really freaked me out because, um, again, that's really rare. So I don't know. It's just, that's the thing is, I don't know if, um, that wasn't really like a haunted story, but it was really spooky because that doesn't really happen. So it just makes you wonder, I guess, you know, like was, you know, what, energies being brought there, I guess. I don't know. It was super freaky to me. Um, and I have one more morgue story and then I'm going to get into a special story, which is probably the spookiest thing that has happened to me in the hospital. Um, but this next morgue story really does give me the heebie-jeebies. It gives me chills. Um, when my friend had texted me, I mean, I'd heard this story many times, but when he had texted it to me, I was like, you know, you just remember it again and just freaks you out. Okay, so this is my third and final morgue story um, from a coworker or a previous coworker of mine. So last year towards Halloween, I had brought a patient to the morgue around 1030 at night. The basement was pretty quiet and some of the lights were off. When I was putting the body into the cooler, I had a weird feeling that someone was watching me the whole time. I quickly finished the paperwork and cleaning that I needed to do. And when I was walking out of the morgue, I turned the lights on. I turned the lights out and turned... Uh, I turned the lights, sorry, and turned and looked into the morgue, and I swear two people were looking me dead in the eyes. Freaked the living shit out of me. Yes. Um, freaks the living shit out of me, too, just reading it. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I think I'd be <sighs> freaked out. Um, I'd probably start screaming. Um, yeah, creepy stuff like that happens, especially in the morgue. Um, you always feel like somebody's watching you. It's always just such an ominous vibe. Um, ugh, I don't like the morgue. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to go down there as recently as I used to. So, um, yes, so that is all my morgue stories for you guys. And then I'm going to finish this off with a spooky, scary-ish um, patient story um, that happened and I'm going to keep it anonymous on all accounts. So, yeah. So, I had a patient one time. I'm not going to give too many details, but she was a psych patient being moved from the EDC and the ER up to our psych ward where I used to work. Um, and she, right from the get-go, was very aggressive. She was um, in her 
eighties, late eighties, I would say, I can't quite remember, but, um, yes, she, um, was very aggressive before I'd even gotten in the room. Uh, she had thrown her tray across the room, her dinner tray. Um, she was cussing at all of us at the security guard at me. She was calling me a slut and calling the security guard, the N word and telling him to go pick the cotton and just racist things like that. Um, anyway, so we had started moving her or before we started moving her, um, she had turned around in the wheelchair we were moving her in, grabbed my jacket I was wearing and started yanking me around. And then she started to spit on me. Um, and the security guard just was like, okay, you need to stop. And she had a caregiver there. It was like, stop, you know? And she stopped and we started moving and she started yelling profanities at people in the ER and all through the hallways and stuff. Um, and, um, yeah. So I remember that usually with a psych patient, we would put a sheet over their shoulders, um, and hold it on the back bars, um, kind of just for our safety and to use as a restraint, I guess. Um, because the wheelchairs don't really have any that we were using and she ripped it off and like threw it. She was so mad while we were moving and we get into the elevator, we get up to the floor and, um, we were checking her in and she turns around and starts punching me, uh, very aggressively in the, uh, rib and then, or in the ribs area, that area. And then she starts spitting on me again. Um, and uh, we had dropped her off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we had dropped her off and I was like, okay, that was probably the strangest experience I've ever had. And I remember talking to a different security guard about it and he's like, yeah. Um, he said, you know, sometimes I don't like to believe this stuff, but sometimes it's too hard not to. And he's like, was saying, you know, that she might've been possessed to be honest. And cause I couldn't figure it out, you know, like I've seen so many kinds of patients throughout my time working in a hospital, um, that would cause them to act differently. Um, and this was just a whole new extreme that was just creepy and gave me the most disturbing, uh, vibes, I guess. Um, super ominous kind of lady, um, and then she just had, I told my mom this, I don't think I've repeated it to anybody. She had like the devil in her eyes. She was horrifying. Um, anyway, a few months, I think probably like a month later, um, I had gone to do a different run in the psych unit and she was still up there and the patient's room so it was a night shift and it was probably two or three in the morning and she is sitting crisscross applesauce in the hallway, um, against a wall, just sitting. And I had to walk by her to go get my patient. And she stared at me the whole time I walked there and back. And then when I came back again, there and back, and she did not move at all, just her eyes. And, Oh my gosh, that patient will haunt me for the rest of my life. It really freaks me out. Um, that story, like, uh, I've tried to record this a few times and I can't get through it because it's just something is just stopping me. It freaks me out. Um, like something in my body's like, don't repeat this. But yes, um, 
that was that lovely lady. Super creepy. I'll let you guys decide what was going on or make your own, um, you know, thoughts about what was happening there. But yes, I hope you guys enjoyed these scary stories. I hope this wasn't boring. Um, this was this week's episode. Um, I have the chills. They're not going to go away for a long time. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening in this week. Um, next week we will have another exciting episode for you guys. Make sure to DM comment, anything, Snapchat me, anything you would like for me to talk about on the podcast. Um, I, Yes, I would appreciate those and I love getting them. I love talking about them and helping you guys out. Um, This podcast was a little different today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is not the new norm or anything by any means, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well, kind of. I'm a little freaked out, (laughs) but yeah, um, have a good rest of your week. Um, Stay safe, stay clean, and stay dopey. Say it.